0: Welcome to the chat. I'm your host, Bex Buzzy. In this podcast, we'll be talking with a variety of people, parents who have homeschooled, those who are currently homeschooling, students who are being homeschooled, those who have been homeschooled, and they'll be sharing their experiences and testimonies. The charge to homeschool is by no means an easy responsibility, but as you'll hear in this season, It is going to be the most important and worthwhile achievement of your life. The returns are exponential and they're generational. I am so excited to travel this journey with you. Let's get started. So welcome back to the chat. We have today, Rachelle Rodriguez. She is a wife and a mom of two beautiful One is an adult now, (laughs) 18 years old, and a teenager. She is also the director of Awaken Academy, which is a homeschool support ministry, and she is also CEO and founder of Choose Health Education. And can you tell us a little bit more about that?
1: Yes, I'd love to. First, let me just tell you a little bit more about my family, and that will explain the foundation of Choose Health. So, yes, I'm a mom I of two it. amazing daughters, one of which is now an adult. Officially, I became a parent <laughs> of an adult child. And Honestly, it's great. I love that my girls are healthy and have a good head on their shoulders. They're making wise choices. And that was the catalyst. How True's Health came about is when my now 18-year-old was a younger teen and was looking at having to do health for her transcript. I was a homeschool mama and looking for sources online. It, I kept coming up short. Here we are all these years later. And I've often shared that the letters behind my name are not MD or PhD. That's not the approach that Choose Health Curriculum is taking. The letters behind my name are MOM. And I think it actually oh, yeah. helps the coursework for the students and the parents to be more relatable.
0: Wow, Rachel, that's a beautiful driving force. So, what were some things that you were seeing when uh, you were looking for that type of curriculum for your daughter that you felt were just short of the mark that you were looking for, the standard that you were looking for?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. Honestly, there's a couple of different aspects to it. First of all, one of the reasons that I love being a homeschool mom is having, uh, being able to bring my conservative values. To the table when it comes to selecting a curriculum. So that was limited and what was available out there. And honestly, the other thing I was seeing is a, a lack of interesting topics, something to make it fun for the user and something that was more engaging for teenage students. So I wanted to try to address both of those issues. And honestly, I also realized the more I dove into doing research, how much was being taught to not just our teens and preteens, but even elementary and young elementary students, as we're starting to see now a few years into this, uh, content that is really not medically accurate, not scientifically based at all, and definitely not age appropriate content. And so I wanted to create something that did all of those things that made it fun engaging for the student fun and uh, a way for the family to connect as well as something that was medically accurate and age appropriate as the really the antidote the counterbalance of what these students are being taught um, or i even like to describe it being fed in public schools the great part about Choose Health is that it is something that's a, a web-based textbook is maybe a better way to, to explain it because it can be family-led, student-paced, and they could do it even if they were in public school and um, and be able to integrate it and have that conversation to talk about what's being taught that's not medically accurate and then to have the Choose Health component as the explanation of what is medically accurate.
0: That's awesome, because I actually teach biology. And this semester, I was supposed to teach sex ed. Now, the sex ed that we're teaching is extremely graphic. It's probably more graphic than um, an R-rated movie that these kids are not allowed to watch, Right, which I find really interesting. Like They can't go to an R-rated movie because they're not of age, but yet in the school, we're allowed to surpass even what you would consider you know r-rated and teach that to them some of the things that i was supposed to be and the reason why i'm saying i was supposed to is because not a lot the majority of parents opted out after i went through and gave them the curriculum saying this is what your child will be learning if you want them to learn sex ed and when they saw it they the, I would say 80%, 90%, 80, between 80, and 90% opted out of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I was so really happy about that because there are things like, as they're watching homework, that as they're watching TV, that they're supposed to notice the sex part and what actually triggered the sex part and what, what was the sex part doing? And I'm like, Whoa, like that makes them more hyper aware of things Mm -hmm. that you really is not is not appropriate i mean the the bible does say you do not awaken yes love before it's time you know i mean do not awaken that and i know that he in, in the bible it means don't do not awaken that that sex drive before it's time because a child can't handle that i mean they're Barely making it through teenage with all the changes that are happening in their brain, <laughs> like to add that to it is, um, feels really wrong. So, I was really happy that parents didn't want their kid to be exposed to that, right? And yeah, because that was really, but I love the fact that yours, if they do opt out, and maybe parents don't feel a hundred percent comfortable or They just don't know how to approach that subject. I know my mom approached it in a really weird way. So
1: it's like many parents often can. Yeah, Uh, it does. uh, A lot of it is helping to create the conversation. And even if they are opting out, uh, a lot of the students peers are still taking the courses. So what are the chances that these parents who have opted out, their students are still going to hear some of these conversations?
0: Correct. And so can you give us like maybe like one example of like what a a conversation would look like from your curriculum? Like something that because I think that's such an important aspect that parents and kids have open dialogue on something like this. I mean, it should be a a parent imprinting on their child, you know, the beauty of sex when you're married. Right. At the right time, because it is a beautiful thing, and it and it brings life. It's not something, you know what I mean, to be perverted. And you know, yes, it's pleasurable, and you know, when you're married, you can do it for pleasure. But not something to be um, taken so like flippantly, just because you're feeling a little bit hot and steamy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Then there's yeah, no self-control. Absolutely.
1: So, actually, I'll tell, I'll give you an example of a lesson, and going back to the point that you made um, of what is being taught in public education, and then the the concept being taught differently in Choose Health, and how it ties into conversations with parents. So, um, not only do we know that, as you're describing it, to be it feels awkward or uncomfortable. And maybe there's a lot of parents who are choosing to opt out for that reason. Not only can we be morally opposed, we should actually be opposed to what they're teaching from a physiological perspective as well. And let me give you an example. So what you're talking about is that these kids are having something uh, awakened in them as a young age. So let's say that introduces a young sexual debut for these teenagers, whatever the teenage age may be, somewhere between the ages of, you know, 13 and 18, that they started engaging in sex. Well, we know physiologically what happens in, in the brain is chemicals are released and it causes what we call a pair bond, and that um, that pair bond that happens is what is intended so that we mate. Well. What happens if that pair bond is broken, then the brain goes into this protective mode of actually making it more challenging to have a pair bond and even causes things like depression. The increase in suicide for sexually active teens is four times more so in in girls, seven times more so in boys, not percent. I said seven times more so. Whoa. And so what we know is that it's, it's actually something physiological that's happening. Yes, it could be moral. Yes, uh, we can have that opposition, but we should want to protect our teenagers lives and understand that there's, there's physiological repercussions of what's happening to their brain that can cause them to have serious depression, serious suicidal ideation. And, um, and so let's type, talk about a little bit of one of the lessons, how we address this. We actually um, encourage students to do kind of an art project in this. Uh, There's a a picture or a diagram of a brain that they can use watercolors and see how if you do one side of the brain uh, a red and then another side of the brain blue, well, what's going to happen? In between, it's going to become purple and try to separate that now. Try to remove those watercolors from that section where it blended over. They'll see that it's impossible. Or they could even do it with like modeling clay to see that when you mold and shape a brain together and you have two different sides of each color, when you pull them apart, that clay is going to be intertwined. That's a, a, an, an example of what these students would be doing hands-on to get a real clear idea of what pair bonding looks like. And that when you break those pair bonds, it causes damage. It's uncomfortable. It's going to have repercussions. And the nice thing about it too is that these students could do it a little bit on their own, but the curriculum is geared towards having the parents, especially when it comes to the reproduction and sex um, course, there's a parent chapter that's separate that helps the parents have some kind of conversation starters. I also provide tools on my website to help these parents. You don't have to have an intense Uh, in-depth conversation with your kids each and every day as they're doing this course. It looks like little questions that you ask on a car ride to keep the conversation going.
0: This is really um, amazing. Now, I did go ahead and look up pair bonding and something that I just saw right here, which also goes in huge contrast and is not being taught in the public school. Obviously, this pair bonding is not being taught there, but- I I read this pair bonding is a behavioral and physiological bond between two in, mated individuals, and is rare among non-human primates. So right there, the the whole entire biological in um in secular is that we're all animals, right? right? Which is why we should be doing all these things, satisfying our animalistic, but. It literally says that those animals don't have what we have, which is why it is so very different. Maybe that is why animals can do that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> Humans cannot because we are not created equal. We're not in 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 sex in 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 this type of um, in this arena. We're not created equal. Absolutely, because we, we have reason. Correct. And we obviously have something that is chemical that should not be tampered with, because it even specifically says between two mated individuals and is rare, rare among non-human. So, I mean, I know that there'll be an argument like, well, so it's rare, so there must be some. But the truth is um, that could have just been added in there. You know what I well, mean? There like-
1: actually are some studies. So it does happen in some like avian species. And I think there's an extensive test. I want to say it's prairie voles. It's a, um, like a small, uh, mammal that they actually have established that there is this pair bonding that takes place in them. So they can't really study humans. As extensively as they can animals. Right. So right. we know a lot of what we understand now about pair bonding in humans based on studying, uh, these
0: animals. That is amazing. Like mm-hmm. this is really fascinating to me because I've, I, I haven't, uh, learned a lot about pair bonding. I've always taught sex ed through, um, oxytocin. Um, where, you know, if you're, if you're too close, if you're, if you hug someone for a long period of time, which is why they put moms and children, um, together when they're first born right. into skin, skin, because there's a, there's a chemical that's released there, um, that bonds them. So this is, this is a lot of like, like bonding, like chemical bonding, because I even, when I looked it up also Parabon, there is an, um, an adhesive that's called Parabond, which I found really interesting. It says it's a chemical curing, self conditioning adhesive system for enamel and dentin. Now, when you use this type of adhesive for enamel and dentin, this is re- whatever, if it breaks apart, it's going to literally break it apart. Like I know that those are really strong um, gluing, like, you know what I mean? It's a strong glue that comes together. So it's amazing that they would even use that same exact name to represent the strength of a, you know, an adhesive. So, wow, really fascinating. Super it is. fascinating. So if We
1: know that about the science based on what's taking place when there is a sexual relationship, then we should learn from it and understand that if the pair bond is broken, it's kind of caused damage.
0: Right. Right. That's, I mean, that, this is amazing. So does that, is that what your curriculum mainly focuses on, um, that type, this, this chemical bonding?
1: Good question.
0: Honestly, the Choose Health
1: courses are a little bit more broad-based than that. And in fact, one of the, um, I call it a prerequisite, it's really just a recommendation that we make to families, is they start with a nutrition and fitness course. And the reason behind that is that is where we make the introduction to brain chemicals and cravings. And we carry that throughout all the other courses, because if a student has that as their foundation, as their baseline, pretty much anybody can relate to how they've had craving of chocolate or chips, right? You can just hear somebody in yes. a bag of chips and start salivating or somebody <laughs> from across the room is eating some chocolate and you're like, oh my gosh, I can smell that. I know what they're eating. I want some!" We have this, this connection happening in our brains, in our guts. And they can understand and relate to craving instantly because of that. So then when we, uh, expand on that and talk about more brain chemicals, when it comes to even addiction to substances, having that awareness of how that, that plays in with alcohol or drugs Mm -hmm. and understanding that, yeah, God made us to crave. We should be essentially addicted to our spouse. So that's beautiful when you when they have an understanding of craving and that baseline about food, it helps it then make sense for all these other topics so so yes, we do address hair bonding and craving in reproduction and sex, but we address a lot more than that.
0: This is hugely dynamic and it it, it encompasses everything. it is so holistic i I love it because the sex ed in public school, like I'll just be very point blank. It is all about that. Just sex. You know what I mean? It's, it's very little.
1: is the term that, that we use. I think that that's a better way to, um, more appropriately describe it. What do they call it? I call it junk sex. Oh, junk you know what? In the that's- same way that we know that junk food is yes. often prevalent for teens, I think that they're getting junk sex promoted to them, pushed at them even.
0: It is pushed. It's so pushed. I mean, the other day um I was looking for education like on social media, like things that I can share, you know, with my class and things like that. And I just typed in education. Like literally, that's all I typed in. And so many, like, things popped up. It was on TikTok, though. So many things popped up. Teachers teaching sex ed, which was which I thought was really interesting. I didn't put sex ed. I just put in education. Mm. And there were teachers with vaginas around their neck. I mean, literally, like, they have, like, a vagina around their neck and opening it and showing. Like, I'm going, is this a joke? <laughs> I was like, wow. am I really just seeing this? You know, they have, like, then that is what they would require for me to do online is to have like a wooden, you know, penis, yeah. and all these different things and show how to, you know, put on all always uh, like, you know, put a condom on. And I remember when I had to go for the training and they put all these penises on our tables, like everybody, like I I'm an adult, but honestly it was quite uncomfortable to be sitting next to an, a, another man. You know what I mean? And sure. We're all holding these, and where you know you have to put a condom on it. And it's it it was just, it was so like humiliating. Mm -hmm. Most of us, you could feel a tension and like just a frustration of having to do that, and having um, someone in front of you cut open a condom and like literally pretend like she's doing oral sex Mm -hmm. with, and we everyone was like, this is probably the most uncomfortable that we've been in because those things are, I believe those things should be like private. (laughs) You know what I mean? And I get some parents don't teach it to their kids. True. Um, there, I'm so glad that there's options like yours that literally teaches healthy, healthy sex, understanding where it comes from. Right. The mindset, you know, and, doesn't make it so hypersexual. Like it's Well, I
1: think what everything that you're describing, whether it's what you were taught to instruct in the classroom or what we're starting to see more and more taking place in classrooms and parents sharing the information that they're seeing come home, um, all of it comes back to making the sexual act no longer sacred. Whether you find it to be sacred between a husband and wife, or even a sacred thing to be taught from a mom and a dad to their children, that's what the goal is of this, is to make it no longer sacred. And it really is. And I think that a lot of that comes back to the, uh, the intentional breaking down of the family if we can make it no longer sacred between the the parents and the child, and then eventually no longer sacred to even have a foundation of there being a husband and wife, then that's, that's the intention behind it is the breakdown of the family.
0: So you're really strong on like the family structure and everything. Like, do you go further and talk about like, um, the development of the fetus within the the stomach and within the, the mother. And like, you know, because I mean, right now in California, the abortion is, I think it can be all the way up to like late term. Am I correct?
1: Yeah. Um And absolutely. The the course does cover it and provide some images so that students can see how um how just a a handful of weeks along, you can already start to see that it looks like a tiny baby. I think it's at about six or eight weeks gestation is where the, um, the baby is about the size of a blueberry. And so it's nice that these kids can equate it to something that they've seen or held. And they can already see limbs developing. They can already see that there's eyes developing. It's really fascinating that um and helps these children to to understand it really is a human at just um a, a short period along in the gestation process um and the other thing that we do dive into when it comes to giving them a better understanding about Every, every young woman is going to have a choice on whether or not she chooses to abort her child, carry her child and parent it or give it up for adoption. And we go into those choices. And in fact, we share some statistics on what women have gone through, what how it affects their body physiologically and the risks that they could potentially be putting themselves at for different types of cancers if they mm-hmm. choose to abort. And then on top of it, significant mental and emotional risks that they're putting themselves at, because there's, there's a lot of statistics. Oddly enough, I've had a hard time finding much for statistics on how it affects the father. And I don't know if that's because a big part of our culture pushes, um, the young woman or, or teen to not even tell the father about it. But, um, I think that that is, we know that there's a lot of shame and when it comes to keeping that secret, that these young women uh, struggle tremendously with where they're at emotionally and mental health, and so we go into that. We let them know that there are definitely options out there so that they can have support. Um, because when we see that um, that breakdown of them having the family support, whether it's from the the dad or future husband or even their own parents then that's where that that struggle with emotional and mental health comes in. So we're trying to create that awareness.
0: That's beautiful. That's really, that's really awesome. You know, that you're 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 not just you're not shying away. You're giving everything. And that's what I'm noticing about your curriculum, that you Mm -hmm. have chosen not to shy away from the tough topics. You hit them head on and you are, you know, you're going to give, you're going to give all the information Absolutely. and you're not going to sugarcoat it.
1: Yes. Speaking of those tough topics and one of the other courses, the mind and emotions course, we actually dive into some of the challenging topics of mental health and suicide. And one of the research projects that we point students to help themselves gain the understanding and gain the, the knowledge is that students who are young people, I should say, who choose a homosexual LGBTQ lifestyle, their rates of depression and suicide are far surpassing off the charts comparatively. And I know that there's been many, um, many people who would argue with me and say that that has to do with them being rejected. And I don't, I don't say that they're for sure not, but I do say that we're living in a time where there's never been more of a celebration and an embracing of people and their choice, but yet we're still seeing these statistics,
0: Beautiful. We're still
1: seeing, especially when it comes to people who have chosen uh, to go forward with transgender surgeries and, and hormone treatments. And we're seeing off the charts of uh, depression suicide ideation, or even following through with suicide. And so I think it's important that students have, like you said, thorough information so they can decide for themselves what the risks are.
0: I think that is amazing because I was actually going to say a lot of people would argue to say that, um, you know, it's because they're rejected, et cetera. Rachelle, wow. I I honestly, BioTeacher, I've learned a ton
1: from you. A thank ton. You.
0: And no, I thank you. I thank you for coming on. Can you tell us how, you know, a mom would be able to find you if she wants to learn more about your curriculum, how she'd be able to get maybe in touch with you or be able to download it?
1: Yes, absolutely. Parents can go to my website. It's choosehealthed.com and they can right there get started, click on the links to have their students get started on any and all of the courses. I provide a little bit more detail there where they can look at an outline and even a sample lesson so they have a better understanding. Uh, You can also contact me through my website, uh, follow me on social media, choose health. You'll also notice on my website I provide some videos because I feel like this is something that um, parents are yes, wanting to equip their students and hand them some courses that they can do self-directed. But I know there are a lot of parents that wanna have the conversations, that wanna know how they can help their students. And that's what the free videos are are geared towards is to try to help the parents have better communication. Honestly, we know that there's so much research that shows whether it's trying to protect your student from um, making choices to avoid substances, from making choices that would cause them harm with early sexual debut and the the broken pair bonding, like we talked about, the number one protective factor in all of those areas is actually having a conversation with their parents. It has nothing at all to do with whether or not they, where they live, socioeconomic class. It is 100%. The number one thing that can protect them is a conversation with mom and dad.
0: I love that. Oh my gosh. People check out Rachel Rodriguez at ChooseHealth.com and your social media, is it Facebook, Instagram? Facebook uh, and
1: Instagram, Choose Health. Yes, and my website's choosehealthed.com.
0: Perfect. Check her out. Thank you so much. I've learned so much. Thank Thanks. you, Rex. I appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please follow me on Anchor by Spotify. And you can find me on Spotify. I would love to be able to hear your questions, your comments, anything that could really help this podcast bring more value to you. I would love to hear it. You can email me at thehomeschoolpodcastbexbuzzy at gmail.com. Again, that is thehomeschoolpodcastbexbuzzy at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you and I hope you guys have an amazing day. Once again, you've been listening to the chat, and I'm your host, Bex Buzzy.